Well, thank you, the church, for having us, and we want to just thank you for your prayers, your support, just the opportunity to be out there at Countryside in Perrysburg. It's just, it's just awesome to see God do things, and and it was a big step um, going forward in 2024, and starting a Sunday school, and that was, really, I thought it went very well. You never know as who's going to come, who's going, and and, you know, change, people don't like change. I don't like change. I tell them, I don't like change. This is not a hasty decision. This is pray, prayed over and fasted over, and this is, was in the long time coming. I said, I worked at the same place for 20 years. I hated my job, but I just I didn't like change. And uh, so I, I told folks, you can't please everyone, but we want to please the Lord. And our focus this year is put God first. I'm going to be preaching on put God first out of Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. But I'm just so thankful for the opportunity and uh, just the testimonies this evening um, of loved ones getting saved. And don't ever give up on them. I heard a testimony this week. A preacher was preaching. He was... He says, as a 12-year-old's boy, he was living with his aunt, and his brother got saved. His brother was older than him, a few years older than him, and he got saved, and he went to a Baptist church, and they gave him the Romans road tracks, and he'd go to his aunt. He says, as a young 12-year-old boy, his brother's on his hands and knees in the kitchen, um, begging his aunt to get saved. And she goes, get out of here. I don't want to hear that, you Baptist this and that, and she cussed him out. Now he, at 12 years old, he was living with his aunt because he was in a bad situation. She says, are you going to tell me how to live my life too? She goes, no, aunt, no, no, I need a place to sleep. I need a place to eat. I ain't going to tell you how to live your life. At 12 years old, later on, he got saved, got called to preach. God used him in a great and mighty way. Years later, he's down in a state preaching, and a bunch of his cousins came in, and they filled up like three, four rows, pews in the back. He's preaching the gospel. Four or five of them came up and said, we want to get saved. We want to get saved. Got saved. His family members got saved. He uh, haven't seen his aunt in a while. He, she, she passed away. And he says, you remember mama? They used to call her mama. And says, remember? I said, yeah, I remember. I said, remember your brother used to come there and, and be on his knees and give her the gospel. And she'd cuss him out and say, get out of there. And she says, oh, I, I remember. I remember. He says, well, aunt, you know, they called her mama. Mama got saved. And he said, praise the Lord. I mean, he said, out of all people, he said, never would have thought his aunt would have got saved. But she came at the end of her life, he said, and she was going to die. And she goes, I remember my nephew telling me how to get to heaven. And I remember he told me about that Romans. I need one of those Roman boys. Go get me one of those Roman boys. He didn't know. They were giving her the Romans road, the gospel. And uh, she went and found a... Someone to give her the gospel and took her down the Romans road and she got born again. And praise the Lord. And, and the cousins there were telling him the story and said, yeah, mom came in. They were fighting and fussing over her will and all that stuff. And he said they were cussing. And mom said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian now. I don't do that cussing anymore. And uh, she went to be with the Lord shortly after. So don't give up on your family members. Um, don't give up on them. Um, my mom prayed for me. And took me down the Romans Road in 1997. And I repeated after her just to get her off my back, but I didn't trust the Lord. And it took me years and years later. I didn't get saved till um, December 2005. And uh, for years and years later. So I just praise the Lord for salvation. Don't give up on your family.
But today I want to preach uh, the same message I preached this morning at Countryside. So I told the boys they're going to get a double portion. I said, you get to listen to it again. Titus goes, well, Dad, don't be long-winded. You know the game's on tonight. Don't be long-winded, Dad. I said, I, I'm preaching, put God first. I said, i got to put him first. I don't care about a game. i got to put him first. And uh, so we were joking on the way here. But in Matthew chapter 6, it's a great chapter in the Word of God. The Word of God is all good. And, uh, but here the, Jesus is teaching Sermon on the Mount, and I can't wait till we get to heaven one day and we hear the good preacher preach. You know, Pastor Don, preacher evangelist Don Hardman was to come in, and he'd say, one day we're going to hear the good preacher preach. And, uh, and then here they got to see and hear Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, preach and teach, and um, he gave it to him straight. And here in chapter 6, it's just God's teaching a lot of things. He's teaching about giving, and he's teaching how to give. And don't be, you know, in front of people and, and, and say, oh, look at what I give. Look what I do. You know, I'm super Christian. No, he says, do it in secret, and God will reward you openly. And then he teaches us in this chapter how to pray. And he says the same thing. You do it in secretly. God knows what you're going through. He knows every hair that's upon your head. He knows all your struggles, the trials in your life. And he says he knows it all. And he wants that relationship. He wants to talk to you. And again, uh, he says, I'll, I'll reward you openly or, or openly if you come to me privately. And he teaches them. And then he teaches his disciples how to pray, the model prayer, the Lord's prayer there. And he tells them, don't use vain repetitions. You know, God wants this relationship with us. He wants us to talk to him. He wants to really, in this whole chapter, it's really putting God first. He's emphasizing, putting me first, putting me first, putting me first. And then he teaches on fasting. And a lot of preachers, you know, and we don't, as Christians, we don't like hearing fasting. You know, we don't like hearing that. And, uh, but God wants us Christians to fast, pray and to fast. And he's saying the same thing. You know, don't, don't come in and go, oh, I, hey, what's wrong with you? You want this nice, juicy cheeseburger? You know, no, I'm fasting. I'm suffering for Jesus, brother. He says, no, no, put water in your face, wipe it out. Don't act like that. You know, God knows your, what you're doing, and he'll reward you. And then it, he goes on, and there's so much more in there about, um, about, uh, earthly um, treasures, eternal treasures, and God will reward and look forward on Jesus. You know, get your one-track mind single, get your eyes upon Christ, and uh, keep going forward. And he, he teaches here, don't, you can't serve two masters. You know, you got to choose one, God or mammon. And he's going on and on. It's really it's just Jesus Christ setting up for our text verse. And uh, our text verse will be Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. He's talking about don't worry about food, drink. Don't worry about clothes. You know, don't worry about this and that. Just seek me first. Put me first. I'll take care of it. And he's teaching us that here. I'm going to go to the Lord and pray, and then we'll get right into it. Dear Lord, Father in heaven, I'm just so thankful and grateful, God, for the opportunity to preach. And God, I'm just so thankful for you, your just grace, and your mercy. And I'm thankful that I'm a recipient of that mercy and grace. God, I'm thankful that I'm a part of your family. I'm part of the body. And God, I'm just so thankful, God, that you, when you see me, you see the blood. 
And God, I pray now, dear Lord, that I'd just be a voice. God, I pray that your people would hear from you, dear Lord. And God, I pray if there's anyone here this evening that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that they would trust you by faith and accept that free gift of salvation, your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I ask and pray as Christians, dear Lord, that we'd remember this truth to put you first in everything that we do, our lives, and uh, that our focus would be upon you. And we ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so thankful to be able to preach. I just, the circumstance with Pastor Cole going down, um, where I was at Countryside, and it was, we were on a slant. So the, the parking lot automatically is on a slant, and it's, we get a lot of snow out there. I mean, it's amazing. You could be in Gowanda, you go right up to, to uh, Perrysburg, and it's like, whoa, like we're in the Arctic here. The North Pole is up there. And uh, Bethany's like, Pastor Cole just went down. I look out the window. Pastor Cole's laying there. So I go, okay, I got to go. I'm talking to the lady that's coming. I'm trying, you know, say, I got to go. And then I look out, and then Stacy's laying right next to him. She went down trying to help him. So the whole way down, I'm thinking, is like, okay, here we go. We're just going to all be laying in the parking lot soon. And, and But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for Pastor Cole and thankful for Pastor Cole and, and just being able to 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 be there in countryside and work with him but uh, this year focus is is really put God first and and put God first and and our focus is on him and and um I wrote here um don't worry God will provide we, he just wants us to put him first in our lives our our um verse this year on our focus is Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, if you could turn there, um, the Bible says in Colossians, in chapter 1 and verse 18, and he, this is Jesus, talking about Jesus here, God, Jesus is God, and it says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the first born from the dead, and in all things he might have the preeminence. That word preeminence means to be put first. God wants um, us to put him first. He wants us to put us him first. You notice there it says, in all things, like family, like job, like recreation, and like everything, all things, you know, all means all. And uh, he wants us to put uh, him first in all, all things, all that we do. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, Moses, he's, he's there with the children of Israel, and God used Moses, and he gives them the Ten Commandments there in Exodus chapter 20, and they're, they just came out of Egypt, they just came out of bondage, and the first commandment here is, is in them coming out of bondage, Exodus 20 and verse 2, it says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God's command is that he, he is first in our lives. He says, hey, don't forget that I brought you out of bondage. Don't forget that you were lost and you were on your way to hell and I saved you. And don't forget my salvation. And don't forget when things get good and you, know, you start getting blessed and God gives you that good job and that nice car and everything. 
Don't forget to put me first in your life. You know, the hindrance of Christians many times isn't going through the deserts in our lives. It isn't the, the lack of water, the, the lack of blessings in our life. It's the blessings sometimes will take us away from church, take away, us away from God and obeying God. I remember as a young man getting um, saved and out on bail and my life was just a mess and God saved me and God changed me. I remember coming, going faithfully to old time and my father-in-law now, which wasn't my father-in-law then, he was head usher in the back, a bigger guy. And, you know, my biggest fear at church is don't, I didn't want to get kicked out of church. And I got kicked out of school. I got kicked out of a lot of things. I, I was scared to death to get kicked out of church. I didn't even know how to talk. They'd say, man, Brother Ben is sitting up in the front. They said I was like the creepy guy that sit up in the front and look at the girls. That's what my wife told me after we were married. But he said she, he never talked. He's so shy. He never talked. I was afraid. I didn't know how to talk. And uh, Mr. Kibler was the head usher, and I seen him have to take some people out of church and do some stuff. And I was man, I was scared to death. I don't know where that's going, but um, what I'm trying, <laughs> what I'm trying to say, oh, is he told me one time, I'll never forget it. He got, at that time, I had a little motorcycle, 120 Yamaha, that I would drive to work, snow, rain, I mean, it didn't matter. I'd drive to, to work, that's all I had, and they'd be like, and I, God blessed me with a new car, and he started just blessing my life, I got it to, to move out, get an apartment, and uh, he says, he says, young man, don't forget that it's because of God you're being blessed. He goes, don't forget, don't get out on church. He goes, I've seen it many times. You know, God will save people and get them out of the gutter and get them off of bail and, you know, off of probation and, and give them a job and start blessing them. And next thing you know, you, they, you don't see them anymore. And he said, don't forget to put God first. Don't forget when after you get your blessed that, that, that remember the Lord is the one that brought you out of Egypt. He brought you out of bondage. And the, and the Bible says very clearly, thou shalt have no other gods before me. God doesn't want anything in between our relationship, him, he wants us to put God first. Jesus says it this way in Matthew. You know, he, he, he pretty much takes all the commandments and, and breaks them down and simplifies them into two. In Matthew chapter 22, and 30, verse 37, Matthew 22, chapter 22, and verse 37, it says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the, the, the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus simplifies it. And what he's saying is the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love the Lord with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. What is he saying is put me first. Love me. I'm, 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 I'm. Keep me on the throne. Keep me as the pilot in your life. Don't ever switch and put me as co-pilot. Keep me as the pilot in your life. Nowadays, so many people, Christians and, and even lost folks, well, they don't put God first in their lives. And they don't put God as the number one. And it's just selfish. And the self-love. And self-love is the most destructive thing. And, and the humanity is just the selfishness and the self-love. I like studying and biographies, and, and I, I was just curious this week, and there's many stories or illustrations I could use, but I'm studying about Howard Hughes, and Howard Hughes was the billionaire, you know, the, the rich the man that 
His dad came out with this drill bit and really changed the oil industry there in Texas. And he had this drill bit that he patented that they were able to, to drill for oil and go through rock and all these things. And it made him very wealthy. And um, Howard Hughes, at a young man, lost his mom at 16, which his mom was a born-again Christian. She was saved. And I don't know about his dad, but... His dad, he lost two years later at the age of 18, and he inherits his dad's company and all this money. And uh, some of you know the story of Howard Hughes, and it was just interesting as I was reading it, and, and at 19, he, he got all the funds, but it, he only cared about himself. He wanted to be a movie star, so he went to go be a movie star. He wanted to get an aviation in planes, and he went and got an aviation in planes. And he had to build the fastest and the biggest, you know, and all this stuff. And it was all about him, all about him, all about him. Just, he's just so selfish, and it was all about him. They say that he was, at a time in his life, he'd date all the actresses, you know. He'd have one, six o'clock, he'd take her to, for dinner. And then after he was done, 8 o'clock, he'd take another famous actress. And then, you know, and they would say, oh, he's living the dream. Look at him. He's uh, this, this billionaire, and he's got all this money, and it's, he could do anything, and he lived it up, and he, all he cared about was himself. It's sad in his life. The last 26-plus years of his life, he locked himself in. He became a recluse, and he locked himself, and he was germophobic, and he got hooked on drugs, and he wouldn't talk to anyone. And then later, when they had his will, he didn't even have anyone to give his money to. You know, it's just all about him, and all about self, and it was just about him, and everything else was just, the whole world just revolved around him. And he died lonely and, and just, just insane. And it's just so sad to see, but that's what self-love does. That's what selfishness does. As Christians, we know we need to put God first. The, the saddest part of that whole story about Howard Hughes was through his mom. His mom was a born-again Christian. They say that every t- on her anniversary of her death, he would weep and he couldn't control himself and he'd be in a great uh, depress- depressed. And, but the saddest part about it is through his mom's side, Howard Hughes' great-great-grandfather was John Gonneau. Now, some of you, if you study Baptist history, you know John Gonneau. John Gonneau was a great man of God. He, he pastored the First Baptist Church in New York. He was uh, George Washington's chaplain. He was the head of the chaplain in the, the Army and Revolutionary War. He baptized George Washington in the Hudson River. He was there. He was the minister that prayed. As we got our independence, we became a country. He prayed there. And with George Washington and his inauguration, and he was just a great man of God. And then I come to find out that his great, 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 great grandson is 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 just, just so selfish. You say, well, he did some things, and yeah, his companies did some good, but boy, did he do a lot of bad. They say when he died, there was thousands of people because they had no will. He was he was locked up. He didn't he didn't go around anyone. So all these wills came out, and they didn't know which one was real, which one was false. The, even his secretaries that worked with him, they never seen him in person. They only talked to him on the phone because he would just lock himself in his his room, his suite, and and out of country for so long. And I'm just trying to say that selfishness. Is, 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 is just, you see the results of it. Just, it's just bad. But as Christians, we need to put God first. And uh, self-love destroys. It destroys. You know, I, it's Jesus, others, and then yourself. 
And as Christians, we need to put God first. And then here, secondly, is put God first and expect him to respond. And he always will. You know, we read in, in, in chapter 6 there in the Sermon on the Mount, he's saying, I'll take care of your food. I'll take care of your clothes. You know, so many times we get into the state where we say, no, i got to take care of my family. Family comes first. That's not biblical. Family doesn't come first. God comes first. And we say, well, we got to take care of me and our family. How are we going to survive? You know, I joke around. When I left Salins, I thought, man, I would starve to death. It's been over three years now, and I'm fatter than ever. We just had a, the door changed out at the office over there in Countryside, and they joke around, and they say, well, pastor's getting fat now. We have to widen the door. It wasn't because that the copier wouldn't fit in there so we, we, to get the copier in. But I'm not starving. God's taking care of me. And over and over through life and testimonies, you put God first, God will take care of you. But I was afraid for many, many days. I was afraid that, man, if I leave this place, how am I going to survive? You know, how am I going to be fed? How is my family going to have things? God takes care of us. And God is so good. And he, and he, he says, rather spending our lives in pursuit of the things of this world, we must seek God first and obey him. A great example in the word of God is the widow and her son. In 1 Kings chapter 17, when Elijah comes and he's in the brook and Elijah prayed and God answered his prayers and he shut the heavens and it wouldn't rain and the the drought came and there he's at the brook and then the brook dried up and he sends him to a widow with her son. And this widow, it says there that God commanded, God told her to take care of the man of God and she chose to do that. And here comes Elijah and knocking on the door and she's there gathering sticks. Some of you know the story. And she's gathering sticks. She's going to prepare her last meal her and her son are going to eat and then they're going to starve to death and that was it and he says hey hey before you do that make me a cake what we're going to starve to death and and what she had a decision she said should i put god first and obey or should i say no no it's all about me i if, if, we, if we're starving there's no rain we're in a drought but she decided to put God first. And God took care of the rest. The meal, the oil, it didn't dry up. And they get, took care of them until the drought was over. They were, they were fed and God took care of them. And God will take care in our lives as we put him first. We put him first in everything. Faith, I, this is a quote, faith acts in obedience with God no matter what the circumstances, no matter if human reasons reasoning can't figure it out you know we try thinking about it and say i i just can't figure it out that was my issue and it's still my issue as as i say man i can't figure it out the whole thing in countryside it's it's a roller coaster i mean i can't figure it out i can't figure out one why people would come back <laughs> my wife stuck she she hears me preach she, i said we need someone to help brother gear came here and he was teaching on um sunday school and he says three is the best you have to have three teachers and uh so my wife said i'll, I'll go help this with the students <laughs> and, uh, anyways it's just amazing to see god and and um to put him first even though we can't figure it out it just doesn't add up god just says put me first and i'll i'll, I'll take care of the rest when we do he will provide just as he promised it's a promise from god and God, I, I don't know if, if you're a Christian for any length of time, you know that when God makes a promise, he doesn't, he doesn't fall short of his promise. Why? Because he's God. 
And he makes a promise he will fulfill. He's not a liar. So we should put God first in our everyday thoughts. Wake up, think about God and pray and put him first. Read your Bible and just put him first in, in every day. Acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. Put him first. When you have a question, it's good to ask brothers and sisters in Christ and pastors and, and, and counselors. Yes, we know that. But ask him first. Go to him first. God, I have this question. What do you, you think about it? And he might send you to someone, but ask him first. Seek him first in our problems. You know, many times, even as Christians, we'll go call the social services. Oh, man, I'm in, in trouble. Let me call the government to help me out. Let me call this. No, ask God first. Go to him first. Seek him first. Put him in the head of every problem in your life. He is the one that could to get you through it. And God should come, I wrote here, before a spouse, a child, a doctor, a lawyer, a friend, even a pastor, even um, yourself, definitely yourself. God should come first before yourself, and even your country. You say, oh, Pastor Ben, you shouldn't be getting into that. You know, are you not a patriot? Don't you love your country? I love our, my country. But God comes first, and, and put God first in everything. And God will take care of the rest. He will take care. And another place in Scripture where he promises that is Matthew chapter 19 and, and verse 29. It says, And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. And verse 30 says, But many that are first shall be last, and last shall be first. And I always thought, what does that mean? You know, I hear Hugh, um, um, Brother Hughes preach, it's good to be in the back of the line. And praise the Lord, even though you're back in the line, at least you're in the line. And, uh, but God's saying, if you put yourself first, you shall be last. But you put me first, and you'll be first. And he's saying, put yourself last, put me first, and then you'll be first. And God will take care of it. And he says we've forsaken all that. God'll, God's keeping track. He wants us as Christians to put him first. I told a, a, a story about um, Howard Hughes and a, a brilliant selfish man. But this one I like telling uh, Eric Little. And he, we know, the famous story is he won um, the 1924 Olympics there. He won the gold. He was a missionary's um, um, preacher's son. A missionary son, he was born in China there, and his, his parents were missionaries there, and he went back to Scotland, in Edinburgh, Scotland, for teaching, and they realized, wow, this, this, this young man's talented. He's fast. He's athletic. He could play rugby good. He could run the 100 meter really good, and he trained for the Olympics, and he was on the Olympic team there in Great Britain, and he was going to go to the night, he did go to the 1924 Olympics in Paris. But see, he chose at a young age that he was going to put God first. And no matter what money or, or fame or anything else, that he was going to choose to put God first. Come to find out, we, most of us know the story. They have a movie, even uh, The Chariots of Fire, I believe it's called, a movie about Eric Little and how he put God first and he took a stand. He found out that the 100-meter race, which he was really favored to win the hundred I know the Americans you know they're always favored the Americans they're we're the best uh I went to England the one time and I had Pastor Lou had to say stop you know I'm talking to this English boy and I'm like we're bad we whooped you we're the best and he's like and it's stop okay we know that but you don't have to rub it in 
And then a brother Harvey, a missionary we support there in England, goes, he had to rub it in too. He was a, he says, you know that, you see that chair over there? He says, that chair is older than your country. I said, well, yeah, you got us there. But anyways, uh, rabbit trail. As Eric Little, he chose to put God first. And many of us know the story as the race was on a Sunday. And he said, I can't race on Sunday. I have to put God first. And just think of that. There he's, he's representing his, his country. He's representing his king and his queen. He's representing the people. It's a big deal to be in the Olympics. And they paid his way. And they, they, put all the, you know, they invested in this young man to run the, the, the race for the nation. And he says, no, I can't do it. And just imagine that. Imagine the pressure that he had as a young man when they said, you're not patriotic. Don't you love your country? Don't you like, he says, yeah, but I have to put God first in my life. And God made a way where he ran the 400 and he won, but he didn't just win. I, I love how God does things. He didn't just win the gold, he, he broke records. And they just couldn't believe, and he gave all the honor and all the glory to God. And God didn't have to give him another gold. And he, he just put him first and said, I'm just going to put God first. And God made a way and gave him the gold, and he gets the glory. And many, many preachers used his illustration of his life story, illustration behind the pulpit and encouraged people. And people came to know the Lord because of that. And he was just a testimony in his life to put God first. You know, world people will say, well, look at his life. You know, later he went to China to be a missionary. And he died in the 40s when the Japanese took over in World War II and they put him in early a concentration camp and he died there. And he wasn't able to hold his baby girl, his little baby girl. He never got to see her here on this earth. And he gave his life. And they say, look at him. Yeah, he put God first. Yeah, he got a gold, that story. But he died in his early 40s. And Howard Hughes, he made it to at least 76. And he got to live up and enjoy all that. But what a different life. What a testimony he has of putting God first. And one day he's going to be rewarded. And he already is rewarded in heaven. So the encouragement today is, is put God first. Don't ever forget. You know, sometimes we like taking it back. You know, you got to be reminded is, is, hey, I gave my life to Christ. You know, there was multiple times in my life where I went down and I had to recommit my life to Christ because I realized I was taking it back. I was taking it back. And as Christians, we really we need to give our lives to Christ, put him first, and not take it back. Uh, lastly, as illustration, is we need to give him all the keys. You know, sometimes we'll say, God, you're first in this room. You're first in this room, but not this room. This is my room. And God wants keys to all the rooms. I remember Alan Jones preached the one time, and he, he said there one time, he said, I finally gave him all the keys. And said, God, you're first in my life. I give you it all. And uh, as Christians, we just need to give it all. He'll take care of us. He'll take care of our family. So the challenge today is, what are some areas that you struggle with putting God first? You say, well, how could you ask that? How do you know? We all struggle with things in our life that we don't put God first. I know as a pastor, I struggle. And, and I struggle and struggle and struggle. And it's convicting, but I need to be reminded that God's the one that got me out of Egypt. He's the one that took me out of that bondage. He's the one that saved my soul. He's the one that's preparing a city, a place, a mansion for me one day to spend all eternity in. You know, I like living in the country, and I love the country. I grew up in the city, and I got out of the city, but one day I'm going to be a city dweller in that new Jerusalem and that city. But God did all that, and I, sometimes I just, as Christians, we need to be reminded. I know I'm preaching in the choir Sunday night, the faithful 
But reminded, what are you struggling with? What are you taking maybe took back a little bit? He said, well, my time. And I put, I put years and years in that, and now I'm done. You know, I put my time in. Now, now for a younger whippersnapper, well, maybe God says, no, it's not. <laughs> I still want you to do it. You put me first in everything. We should give God, I, this is, I love this quote, it says, we should give God the same place in our hearts that, that he holds in the universe. And we should put God first in all things. And encouragement today is, is, is remember, put God first in all things. I'm going to pray and then Pastor Cole will come. Dear Lord, Father in heaven, I'm so thankful and grateful, God, for your mercy, your grace. God, I thank you, God, that when we mess up and we fall, you're always there. And God, I ask and pray, dear Lord, that, that us as Christians remember in these last days that we don't have much time, dear Lord, and that you would be number one in our lives, dear Lord. And God, I ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.